Welcome to episode six of Half Measures with me, Paul Canella, and my co-host, Dan Whiting. And uh, Dan, this is a slightly different podcast to any other we've done before. Slightly different because as uh, Half Measures predicted, the, the, the world is shutting down and we're ramping up. You know, nothing stops us from putting out an episode of Half Measures. You're right on the money. Well, the money and... I guess still from the compounds of our of our own home. We're not doing this face to face. We're keeping the we're keeping our, our bubble secure. I like I like keeping to keep my social distance at the best of times. So this 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 could work really well for me, you know. Yeah, no, look it's um it's important we thought still to put out um some some quality half measures content. Um if nothing else, it might give you something to watch over this weekend. Um, if you're anything like New Zealand, um, you'll be in lockdown. You'll be looking for new content, looking for movies, looking for things to stream. We've got yeah. you covered. We do. And uh, the only danger for me is whether any of my kids run into the room and just, you know, really make this a real half measure. Mm, mm. Look, we'll get them on the podcast, you know. I, we'll I don't, don't trust their language. They've been raised terribly. So, yeah, let's not Makes do sense. that. Makes sense. So, um, so Paul, what's what's today's podcast going to be all about? We probably should have worked that out before we got on the, uh, yeah, on, well, on the pod. Well, like like always, we're doing things on the fly. So, uh, um, there's been something trending on on Twitter, and I think you found it uh, first. Uh, either that, or you came up with a great idea, which Twitter also came up at the same time, which is around ten movies to get to know me. And there has been the hashtag uh, ten movies to know me. Um, going through Twitter, so um, it's yeah, it's an interesting one. Um, and for me, it's it's not your top ten movies. You know, it's not it's not your, what you think of the ten best movies. At least that's how I've approached this. We'll, we'll find out mm-hmm. how you've approached this. This this for me is is something different. And um, we, we'll get into that, I guess, in a in a moment. But before we do, um, as always, it's tradition on this 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 long running podcast. Uh, Dan, what have you been watching recently? What have I been watching? Um, so there's there's three things that I've been watching. Um, so obviously I've been ploughing ahead still with Clone Wars. Um, I, I'm actually up to season six now, um, which is it's quite a big jump from my, I think at the last um, episode of Half Measures I was maybe around season four. Um, I originally was trying to get through all seven seven seasons, even though the seventh season isn't complete yet, before hitting Star Wars, Disneyland, Galaxy Edge. Um, that's no longer on the cards, but I'm still still charging ahead. I'm really enjoying um, where we're up to in the Clone Wars. So much, so much I want to talk about. And as soon as I've finished it, I'm, I'm going to go straight into Rebels. Um, I've also been watching i watched a new series on netflix called i am not okay with this um yeah it's a it's a netflix original um it's it's kind of a one-night watch to be honest like it's seven episodes but each episode's about 20 ish minutes long okay um it's based on a graphic novel basically with a um like you said a teenage girl who kind of realizes that she's got some some superpowers mm-hmm. um it's a it's a relatively easy watch i wouldn't say it overly um hooked me but we did watch all seven episodes in, in one night so maybe it hooked me more than i realized but it was okay and um based on your recommendation of, of top tv shows of 2019 
um, actually getting into Bosch. So well, there's a good good five seasons of Bosch out. So um feels like a good show to kind of have on in the background, not too heavy. Um, seems like a pretty good story so far. We'll probably finish finish season one probably tonight, tomorrow. So, yeah, we're making pretty good pace through that show as well. What about yourself? What have you been watching? Excellent. Well, just before I go into myself, just on your shows just quickly. So, Bosch, that's great timing because you've got season six coming out, I think, next month. So, mm. if you're able to, to race through that uh, whilst you're in lockdown mode, um, you'll be ready for season six when that is. Um, talking of season six, Clone mm. Wars. So, that's the that's the Lost mission, Missions. And it's a it slightly... Is, yeah. it's a slightly um, disjointed season compared to the other five seasons because it's not quite so uh, linear it sort of jumps around time wise because that's i guess that's what it's called the lost missions um it doesn't feel like a regular season eh? yeah well i'm actually into um i'm into new clone wars content for myself like i haven't hadn't seen season five and i obviously haven't seen six or seven um and so i feel like it, it's okay to talk about spoilers like it's pretty old tv old tv show oldish now yeah, yeah, yeah. um and so, yeah, we've just been through um, basically Ahsoka um, initially being kicked out of the Jedi Order and then being asked to come back and then deciding not having a bar of it. And just the quality of the, the writing and the, the animation and the storytelling and some of those later episodes is, is so awesome. Um, and even the the fight scenes between uh, Venturus and Anakin or Venturus and Ahsoka, just so great, so great. Yeah. It's really got me more hyped up for Star Wars than, than ever. It's for um, an older audience, I, those episodes, eh? Oh, definitely. And, then, you know, and we were talking about this the other day, but there's some really kind of dark things that happened. Like there was a, a scene where uh, Darth Maul uh, basically decapitates um, the head of Death Watch, and oh, like they obviously don't show, they don't show it in extreme detail, but it's still dark and it's still it's so good because I think they're really playing out um, what's happening in the in the Star Wars universe. Like during a time of war, there's all these like pretty hardcore sort of factions, and and these factions are they're, like they're ultimately pretty pretty dark and evil. And so I like how they haven't shied away from um, telling these different stories. Agreed. And look, for anyone who listens to this podcast who hasn't seen the Clone Wars, we talk about it enough now that surely we must have must have convinced people to to get their Disney Plus subscription and start watching it whilst in lockdown. Actually, I do have a question for you there, Paul. So when it comes to Rebels, which I've seen a I think I've I might have seen most of season one. Does and I always sort of thought that Rebels sort of maybe seemed like um like the start of Clone Wars, like it was sort of like we're not sure who the audience is for, but we're aiming for a younger audience. But does Rebels kind of go a similar route to Clone Wars in terms of who it's targeted at, or not so much? Yeah, no, I think I think it does. There are elements of uh, the series that are similar to what you just described with Death Maul with the decapitation uh, that are definitely, you know, not for kids. You know, there's no way I'd let my kids watch this show, obviously, because I'm a good parent. Um, let alone buying him the Blu-ray for Christmas or something crazy like that. Um, but yeah, no, I I feel that they they went for a very similar audience. Um, I would say it's only when you get to Resistance that it becomes obvious that they're going for a slightly younger right, audience. Right. Rebels is is very much the same uh, level as, as Clone Wars. Um, mm. Just it just probably is more accessible for people who are only familiar with the original trilogy because it's set right. within that time frame whereas the clone wars is obviously in prequel trilogy um era which we both love of course 
Mm-hmm. Awesome. Awesome. No, so look, I'm really enjoying it. Um, can't wait to kind of get up to date and actually start on Rebels to sort of jump forward a little bit. Um, but yeah, so anyway, enough probably um, Star Wars talk. I'm sure there's some people out there who are like, stop talking about Star Wars. Hello. Much like there's people out there who are like, stop talking about stop Walking talking. Dead. But stop talking full stop. Stop talking. Yep. But uh, why are you listening? You know, I, I don't they know. love it. They love it. That's why. What else they got to do, right? We talked about this. That's, especially, especially now. So yeah, what have you been watching, Paul? Yeah, so we've been watching a bit of a mixed bag. So the Breaking Bad rewatch. Um, that I mentioned last time is continuing. And as you know, each season just gets better and better. And I am just sitting there just waiting and don't tell me, but I keep thinking, when does, when does Mike turn up? When does, when does Gus turn up? When does, when does Saul, I just want all these characters to turn up. I want to get the party started sort of thing. Um, so I'm really enjoying that. Um, How far we, through are you with Breaking Bad? Uh, we're just coming up to the end of season two. So, um, oh, nice! That's a good effort. Um, yeah. So, if, and but my, you know, the amount of that I'm watching of that has has gone down because I was typically watching that on the train, on the way to and from work, and so of course I'm not doing that anymore. So, uh, so I'm if, if selfishly annoyed by this this virus situation because it means that my my time on the train for watching television has has gone down. So, yeah, first world problem there, I think, and a little bit selfish. <laughs> Definitely. Um. So that's been fantastic. Uh, we've. Uh, we finished off a couple of those shows we were watching, so we've started some new ones. We've started the final season of Homeland, um, which is just instantly, as soon as I started watching the first episode, I was like, oh, yeah, this is, I'd forgotten how high the quality of the show is, how high mm. the caliber of the acting the story. That it is, for me, the tent, the most tense show uh, to watch. Um, there's something about Claire Dane's performance um, that just is really, really convincing and the writing is always of the highest quality. So, um, yep, final season of Homeland. Um, and, of course, Better Call Saul, uh, week by week. Absolutely fantastic. I cannot wait until we're able to talk about that show. Um, Top of its game and the podcast that goes alongside it each week, really, really enjoyable as well. I think it's really with, um, you know, now with Better Call Soul, it's actually really great when you do your Breaking Bad rewatch. Like it's just, the story is just so well crafted and yep. all of it just clicks together so well. So it's just, yeah, yeah I so, think so much subtle that falls into, into line mm-hmm. from episode from series to series, right? I think we'll definitely have to dedicate a, an episode in the, you know, as soon as this season's finished to um, Better Call Soul. Surely, yeah. Absolutely on board with that. Um, and watching Star Trek Picard each week. It's the final episode tonight um, of season wow. one. Um, so that's been really, really high quality as well. And the rest of it's been comedy. So Shit's Creek, which, again, people are probably tired of me talking about, it, but we're into, I think, the final season of that now. So it's the fifth season of Shit's Creek. And we've also started the rewatch of Seinfeld. So I was inspired, oh, amazing. inspired by our, our, our own podcast um, and again, on lockdown, you know, a little bit more time in the evenings, what are we going to watch? And so we've been going back into Seinfeld. And so obviously, yeah, Seinfeld's a, a fairly old show now. How are you finding its um, dating both uh, production-wise and humour-wise? Humour-wise, there's a little bit of dating in it and um, there's some jokes which maybe uh, come across as, I wouldn't say overly sexist, but maybe not. To PC, uh, mm. it's just a sign of the times changing. 
the production. Now, that's an interesting one because the first episode in particular is uh, very, very, well, it's less than standard definition. Um, but I can tell that it's going to get better from season to season because I uh, I can see uh, when one episode finishes, they show a little uh, picture in the corner for the next episode. And I can see the quality of that image obviously tells me that the, some of the later seasons are obviously not high definition, but closer to what we're used to. Um, but production values um, in terms of the lighting and the fashion, those sort of things, just, you know, like watching old Star Trek. Um, I don't seem to notice it because I just love the characters so much. I just forgotten how much I enjoyed watching George just all the time, just get so overexcited, over ramped up. George is the greatest. I uh, like there's a he's definitely a, a favorite character of mine in that series. I love how angry he is. I love how it always just goes wrong for him. Yep. Like I, give me Costanza any day. Yeah. So good. Always the arms in the air. Um yep. so yeah, so that's that's pretty much been what we've been watching at the moment. Mm, awesome, awesome. Well, that probably leads us nicely on to the, our topic of the week, uh, or topic of the fortnight, depending on how often you're listening. That's right, and depending on how often we're going to, you know, are we are we going to be putting out some extra podcasts? A lot of my pos- podcasts have been putting out bonus content to help listeners get through. I feel, do the listeners out there want more? If, the, if they do, they should get in touch. <laughs> they should definitely get in touch. I think, um, look, we could probably... You know, we could have a go at doing some weekly content, um, provided that I guess we don't get too sick of each other. Um, we'll see how we go. See how right. see how this online recording goes. That's going to say, assuming how good the quality is of this recording, yet. Yeah. Look, we'll probably get to the end, and I'll realise I haven't actually hit the record button, and I was only recorded one of us. The greatest half measure of all time, if you were to do that, because yeah. I you would refuse to come back and do the podcast again. You know what? I'm still going to upload it, even if I only get one person's audio. And so it's going to be just all these weird silences um, or ums and ahs. But yeah. So yeah, um, I think, you know, as you mentioned at the start, um, 10 movies that define me. Definitely, so I, I saw it on Twitter first, but I thought what a, a great concept and not about um, ranking movies from 1 to 10, but just sort of if you really wanted to get to know um, a person, what what are the 10 movies that you would say actually define them? And so I guess we've put, um, we've given ourselves, I guess, some rules, for lack of a better word, around this. Like Have we've we? enabled ourselves, well, I, I thought we, I thought we had, you know, okay. in terms of, um, you know, if, if the movie's a trilogy or a, a saga per se, oh, you don't okay. have to basically use yep. um, up all nine slots on a particular saga, you can you can just basically classify it as, as that that saga. I, I wish I'd remember that because you know nine of my ten movies are the Fast and Furious series. So, well, that makes sense because yeah. they are the greatest movies ever yeah. created. And I think, Paul, well, this would be the perfect time for you to actually catch up um, yeah. on Fast and the Furious. Okay, okay. Have, have you have you watched any? At least Fast and the I, Furious one. We watched the first one and. I don't know. For me, a car is forgetting A to B. You know, I'm a real, yeah, not not a car person, and I just, I just didn't, didn't get it. Didn't you recently buy a ten second car? Oh no. <laughs> no, I'm not sure that <laughs> not sure that I did. Um, but going back uh, to what you're saying, um, you, you, you're quite right. It, we did put those rules in. Um, it's not it's not about a top ten. It's about getting to know me. And I'm interested to hear what your approach was to this before we get into the movies, because for me, um, I looked at it as movies that sort of 
a part of my essence they sort of have shaped who I am or I've watched them so many times that I can recite you know scenes you know by by the bucket load because part of it feels like there are, there's some, some movies in here that have had an influence on me as a kid um, but again um, it wouldn't necessarily be something that like for example a movie like Duel Steven Spielberg movie like Duel I loved as a kid but I haven't put it in this list. In fact, I don't think I could ever watch it again because I recently tried to rewatch it and it was so poor that it's just unwatchable. But if I was doing my top 10 movies as a kid, it would make it into that list. Oh, yeah, it's interesting. I, I really tried to think about movies which I guess have, have had a, a lasting impact on me. So they've either had an impact on me as a child, as an adult, or just at different points in my life. Yep. And so, you know, if I was really, um, you know... Gun, gun to your head type situation are they top 10 quality movies i think that's a whole different conversation i think they're if you've seen these 10 movies um i think we could you know like it'd be more see these 10 movies and you kind of get a bit of an understanding about you know who who i am as a person what i like what i don't like things which um you know i maybe like get you excited or you know create a bit of fear in your life or whatever it may be so yeah, uh, and, and I think <clears throat> even choosing team was quite hard. There's obviously, you know, yeah. even you know, there's there's hundreds of movies that I could have chosen, um, and e- even now looking at my list, I feel like I I wanted I could easily swap out one or two. Um, I'm the same. I'm looking, my, had... I'm looking at my list and panicking, going, "Oh, should I have gone with that? Should I have gone with something else?" So um, I think when we when we go through this list. Um, yeah, I just say these these are in no particular order for me. Yeah, me too. I just think yeah. So so it's not about a ranking, but we will be going through ten movies each, um, yep. and talking a little bit about about why it's kind of I guess made the list. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And look, another way I approached this was: Do you remember in the days of terrestrial TV, um, and you you'd be watching a movie, you know, a Blu-ray or DVD or something, and you stop it and you'd go onto the regular TV and there would be a movie already playing it. It might be like halfway through or just started. There are some movies that even if it's halfway through and I just happened to come across it by chance, I would, I would just finish the movie. I'll just watch it because I loved it so much, even if it had like 17 advert breaks. So that was another way I approached this, like you know, just rewatchable. Now in terms of um, going through our list, because we might as well do our planning on the year because half measures. Um, yeah. If we've got a, a movie that's, if I say a movie and it's also on your list, will we cover it off at the same time? I think we so. Well. I, yeah. I will be really shocked if we do. I can only think of one movie that we might, so we'll, we'll see. All right. I, I'm intrigued. I can't wait to see what who is Paul Canella. Yeah, I don't who, know. If that, who is he? Let's not dig too deep, just in case you don't like the answers, right? <clears throat> All right. If uh, Tokyo Drift isn't on your list, though, I would be really disappointed. Okay, I'll, I'll, leave that, I'll leave that one to last. Okay, good, good, good. All right, let's get into it. Okay, so shall I start us off? Yeah, why not? Why not? All right. So my first movie uh, fits into the rules that you just talked about in terms of, you know, if we had a trilogy or something. This describes an entire genre of movies. A 2006 movie, Casino Royale. And so this this is a, a movie that encapsulates you know, my love of the, the Bond movies throughout my life. And, you know, I love the whole series. Actual British. James Bond well, is British. I do. I mean, something of a likeness, some might say. 
I don't mm. know. I'll leave He's that got the license to kill. You've got the license to drive. Well, do I? I don't know. Um, I don't know. I, you know, I grew up as a kid with um, Roger Moore. He was he was my my James Bond, so to speak. Uh, and then I remember going to the cinema with my dad to see the Living Daylights, and I was really confused as to why there was this guy Timothy Dalton on on screen playing James Bond, even though I then loved that movie as well. Um, and then had a fear of Milkman for the next two years. I don't know how well you remember that movie, <laughs> but this guy, the Milkman throwing the bottles of milk that were bombs. Yeah, it was amazing. Right, right. Um, it, and it's funny you say, because um, everybody has a James Bond of, of who is their James Bond. And so my James Bond is Sean Connery. Yeah. And and it's it's funny, it's always interesting to kind of hear the origin story of why people choose a different Bond for who is their one. So I was, I was really close because... I was really close to choosing from Russian with Love as, as my movie for this one. And I changed it to Casino Royale just because I, I really love how Daniel Craig really changed the genre of Bond, but yet kept it Bond. Mm. He, you know, I think it's changed it forever. It's also my wife's favourite um, Bond movie, I, I think. Um, certainly Daniel Craig is her favourite Bond. And it's, so it's, again, I love that ability to, to watch a movie together. Um, even though I think Skyfall was probably the best of the Daniel Craig movies. There's something about Casino Royale that's the one that I always want to watch the most. I love Mads Mikkelsen as Le Chiffre. I love um, the relationship that he had with um, Vesper uh, mm. in that movie. And yeah, it's just... And the, 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 opening, um, the opening of Casino Royale, so good. Um, yeah. that, that parkour scene. It's amazing, right? And that's what yeah, makes it like you suddenly realise, with all due respect, even to, to Pierce Brosnan, who you know those those movies were really high. Stuff, it was just just really set the you know the bar really really high. Um, and so, yeah, it was you know the Bond movie it was always you know Christmas time. There's always a Bond movie on in, in the UK, so we, you know, we'd always watch a Bond movie. Um, and you know we talked last time about No Time to Die being delayed, and you know, that's just really annoyed me because I was all ready to do the rewatch. Um, so yeah, so my my first entry in there is is Casino Royale, and um, just a that's a, awesome. A I think it's a great that's a great choice and a great uh, genre of um, movies to bring in. So yeah, no, awesome, awesome choice. What do you got for your first one? All right, so um, I'm going maybe a little bit a little bit dark for my first choice, uh, but it's a movie which I think um, has stuck with me throughout the years, uh, American Psycho. So oh, uh, Christian, Christian Bale, Christian, yeah. Christian Bale. Um, obviously, it was a, a book first, but um, I think it's just a movie. I like. I feel like I've seen it several times in my life and there's so many like standout moments in that film where obviously he's a serial killer and a lot of crazy stuff happens but just some of those iconic moments where he's comparing himself to everybody he's talking about his um Chris new business cards and comparing them to other people at the table it's just yeah. the inner um monologue of what he's thinking i there's something about that movie which i just love um and he put a lot Christian of effort, Bale, didn't he, for, in physically for that movie as well, didn't he? Yeah, look, Christian, Christian Bale's a, he's he's really out there when it comes to obviously with all his different films, yeah. um, and he really you know he's a real big I guess character actor, mm. and he throws himself into either gaining weight, losing weight, bulking That's up, it. whatever it is, like the and Niro. like De Niro. And um, look, I just I, I couldn't rate that movie highly enough. It's been a few years since I've seen it. Um, and it's a movie that's not for everyone, but I really enjoy 
a movie um, with kind of a, a a dark edge to it. Um, and yeah, it's one I would I would happily watch again at any point. Nice. Good choice, and I'm glad you've gone with something dark as well because um, there's a couple of my choices, or at least certainly one that I'm like, people might be like, whoa, you're going to go with this? I'm glad you went there early, so that's that's, that's good because yeah, yeah, that, yeah. That, that, yeah. That, that is a full-on movie. <clears throat> what, okay, what, what's next for you, Paul? Well, we've talked before about the analytics of this podcast, and one of the things we'd love to know is when people drop out and when they stop listening, mm. and I reckon that if we could analyze that data, uh, this would be a moment where a lot of people may drop out. So my 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 choice is a 1989 movie, uh, Star Trek V, The Final Frontier. Now, I don't wow. know, if, if you're not a Star Trek fan, that won't mean much to you. But if you are a Star Trek fan, there's a lot of uh, swearing going on right now. Because if if you were to ask the Star Trek fans in the world out there what is their, their favorite movie, I could almost guarantee you that there would be one in a hundred, maybe one in 500 would, would choose this movie. It, it was one of the most poorly received movies of all time, uh, for Star Trek at least. And many people place it as their, their their worst movie. But it was a movie for me that got me into Star Trek. I had um, I had started watching The Next Generation on, on television. Um, my dad had taken me to the cinema to see The Voyage Home, which was the movie before this. That was the one where they went back in time and got the whales to save the planet. I don't know you've ever seen that um but this movie is something that really um it taught me the value of of family it taught me the value of trust and despite the fact that this story is badly written in places it's, it's just to give some clarification here it's written and directed and the main star william shatner so shatner wrote it shatner directed it and uh, you know i mean shatner is shatner so I guess, I think he forced the hand of the studio and said, you need to give me a movie or I'm out. And because he's Kirk, of course, he, he got what he wanted. Um, but there are some wonderful scenes between him, Spock and McCoy, the three main characters that uh, they they just really have some moments. There's a campfire scene that just really teaches you the value of those close bonds. Um, they look back on their lives. There's a moment where they have the ability to look back in time at some 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 important moments in their family history and it's the most star trek movie of them all but was poorly executed it's um i mean the, the movie is about the quest to find god it's you know it's really quite out there um <clears throat> but i love it crazy it, it sounds crazy on paper um, oh, i don't know whether if i was a studio i don't know if i'll be back in it to be honest and the, the special effects were so poorly poorly done um the there was another movie that came out at the time and i forget what it was but it meant that they couldn't have access to ilm and so they they had some really poor um special effects um that came out in that movie um and another thing they had some so there's a character the main big baddie if you like of the movie uh, was supposed to be played by sean connery um but he dropped out at the time because uh, indiana jones and the last crusade came along at the same time and so he, right, he was playing right. as you know he's playing indy's father and so they they recast that to, to someone who's really unknown but they 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 named the character in the film shakari as a a nod to the fact that it should have been sean connery uh, right right which, which was really interesting but um yeah look this is probably the most obscure film on my list but i felt like star trek had to be represented in there for me as a facet of who i am and this is mm -hmm. the movie that that I like to to talk about because it's just got some real 
human moments in it, which a lot of the other movies are just sort of too action focused. It's a, it's interesting because I think that um, you know there's so many movies and TV shows that we collectively like, and I don't know what happened to me as a child or what type of um, upbringing my parents decided was going to be right for me, but I. Like I've just never connected so strongly with Star Trek, but it perplexes me that I I feel like I should. I feel like I'm really interested. I, I like that space genre. I like Battlestar. I like Star Wars. I enjoy good storytelling. I like a lot of depth and lore to my TV shows, but I've just never truly connected with Star Trek in the way you know that someone like yourself has, but I feel like it doesn't make sense to me that I haven't. So... I remember remember you uh, saying to me um, back when we did our top 10 TV shows of 2019, our very first podcast, and I mentioned Discovery as one of them. You said, oh, perhaps I'll check it out. Perhaps I'll add it to my list. Well, perhaps you should, because I reckon that's a really good place to jump in. And look, it's still on my list. When I was looking at TV shows to watch the other day, I was like, oh, maybe I should watch Discovery. And then that'll kind of, obviously, we're not following any type of law here in the Daniel Wyden universe. And then I'll jump into Picard. And, you know, it'll, yeah. So, look, look, I enjoy the um, the J.J. Abrams Star Trek movies. I casually enjoyed the occasional um, old episodes of Star Trek on TV when I was growing up. Um, But, yeah, it's just never never been a, a huge part of who I am. But no, good I think that's a good choice for you. Definitely me. Uh, a choice for yeah. me. A good choice for you. Not for not for me. Not not for you. you. Not. Yeah. What do you got for me? That's right. All right. Um so the one I'm gonna go with is um Saving Private Ryan. So um a Steven Spielberg film, obviously. And I think the reason it really resonated with me is I think growing up, I used to really love watching um, Tour of Duty, which was about the, the Vietnam War. I used to love playing um, any type of like army, military, soldier type game as a kid. Um, and I have, you know, various, <clears throat> various games, I guess, um, growing up, particularly the the Medal of Honor games, always kind of replicated that that D Day landing, mm. um, and I think you know Steven Spielberg's um, Saving Private Ryan just brought that whole thing to life, and he brought the the horror and tragedy um, of of war to our screens, and I feel like it's it's one of those movies that even though it's it's quite old now, it, it's really sort of stood the test of time. Definitely. Um, it's an amazing, um, amazing story. There's amazing, amazing effects, and just um, I, I've always really enjoyed the the war genre. And I, I've got a sort of a, a personal fascination with, um, I guess, World War Two. Um, I'm going to the the D-Day beaches um, in France. Just mm. such a, a humbling experience, and um, yeah, for me. Saving Private Ryan just just brought that all to life, um, and just something really enjoyable. I think that's a fantastic choice as well. And look, I I totally agree with you on the the points of. I remember watching those scenes where the bullets were coming through the water, mm. uh, and I remember witnessing that in the in the cinema, and it was extraordinary. Um, that whole uh, time of Band of Brothers and. Saving Private Ryan, I saw those two things, you know, that sort of Steven Spielberg. I mean, he does so many great war movies, but yeah, I think if I was to choose a movie from that that genre, that would be my go-to as well. So great choice. 
I think Tim did such a, a great job of making you feel for a whole bunch of different characters from kind of just everyday life sort of thrown into a um, the theatre of war. And as you say, just with bullets whizzing past their head, people getting um, really badly hurt in the sort of craziest of situations. Um, and, you know, I know it would have been a, an emotional film for lots of people to watch as well. Because um, I think Definitely. it's sort of, you know, it, I think a lot, this isn't quite true, but a, a lot of um, army, military type type films have been about the glory of of war. And I think this actually mm-hmm. um, what, what really just sort of really gave a, I guess, as, as much as you can, a, a true life take of, of what it would have been like. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's always sort of a, a film that stuck with me. Um and I think, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Band of Brothers because that's, that's so closely connected. If we, if we were doing this from a TV show point of view, Band of Brothers would Straight up there. 100% be in there. Yeah, agreed. No, fantastic choice. And, yeah, uh, makes me want to go and watch the movie right now. Definitely. All right, Paul, what's, what's next on the list for you? Well, this is where I go dark. So this is my uh, 1999 favourite, the movie Hannibal. Now, yeah, so look, I just love everything about this this movie. I love the the editing, the cinematography, the, the direction. I found this to be the most tense movie I've ever watched uh, at the movies. Um, I, I feel, I remember going to the cinema back in Vancouver in 99 and being absolutely blown away how good it was. And I, I think... There had been so much build-up around the fact that Julianne Moore was playing Clary Starling and it wasn't Jodie Foster. And there was so much negative press around that and so much criticism of of what she did in that role. And I felt that that was so unfair because at the end of the day, she can't help that she's not Jodie Foster. She can only, you know, she can only go out there and do the best job she can. And I, I actually found her really convincing. I found the chemistry between her and Anthony Hopkins uh, as Hannibal Lecter was was really, really good. Um, you know, I wanted Jodie Foster as well, to be honest. Of course I did. I mean, who wouldn't want those two to be back after such a strong performance in, in the original? And, um, you know, I think honestly, probably, if again, if we were doing top movies, I'd say probably Silence of the Lambs probably is the best of the four Hannibal movies. But for me, this is something that is just something that resonated with me. It's a movie I'll never tire of. There are so many great lines of dialogue from Hannibal in this movie. People always quote Hannibal from... Silence of the Lambs, but there is such rich dialogue in this movie um, that I, I really feel superior in that respect. And, you know, Hans Zimmer's music in this movie is amazing. Um, I would place that I would place that music in the top five music scores of all time. Maybe that's a, another podcast for us at some point, but just really brought this movie to life. And yeah, I it's just one that resonates with me. It's um I think Silence of the Lambs is definitely one of those for me one of those um haunting um movies which sort of stuck with me particularly I, I remember watching it as a probably like early early teenage years mm. um and, and just sort of the whole the whole notion of it just being absolutely terrifying um I have to admit I I feel like I might have only seen Hannibal maybe once, maybe twice. Yep. But I think even um, even hearing this is actually, oh, maybe this is actually a, a good sort of uh, rewatch during this lockdown. Um, I think it'd be interesting to watch creepy, it. But... Yeah, yes. I, th- I think it would be uh, interesting to watch them, not in order of 
production, but in order mm. of story. So go with Hannibal Rising, Red Dragon, uh, Science of the Lambs, and then Hannibal. I mean, I have I have Googled for years the words Hannibal Lecter, Hannibal sequel, because I just want to to find out what happens at the end of that movie when he's on the plane, what happens next. I just, and I, he has said he'll never come back to it. And I believe that he's now at an age where perhaps it just simply wouldn't work, but I would love to see it. Were you a fan of the the Hannibal TV series? Yes. Oh, absolutely. Another podcast TV series that were canceled too soon. I've been been outraged by so many shows that have been canceled, but Hannibal was one of the most high quality production television series I've ever seen. And again, another mention for Mads Mikkelsen, absolutely superb in that role. Oh, I could talk about that TV show. Super dark as well. And like, yeah, no quality show, quality show, highly recommended. I don't know why it's a movie to get to know me, Hannibal, but it feels like part of something that I just, (laughs) I just absolutely love. It's just the terror. That's my terror moment. Mm-hmm. I get it. I get it. All right. Well, I'm going to um, bring us back up a little bit out of the, the dark pits. Um, and this movie, yes. um, so <laughs> this is probably, it might be a bit of an odd choice, um, but I'm, I'm going to put on my list Top Gun. So oh, yeah. um, so the reason I, I, I put this movie up there is mostly for the soundtrack because I – freaking love that 80s soundtrack of Top Gun and not only that the Top Gun movie is dated so so well mm. and I think the, the reason that is is because obviously it was before CGI and special effects um, all of the um, all of the filmings actual like you know real life jets flying around in the air and it just looks so great and it's such a there's so many iconic Tom Cruise moments um, throughout the whole film, it's so memeable, it's so quotable. The soundtrack's banging. Um, it's a almost kind of for me one of those like great feel good movies, and like I'm definitely pumped for Top Gun too. Um, but Top Gun looks, one, the trailer looks good for the sequel, right? Yeah, definitely. I think you know they they've stuck to some of the same um, ethos as is what they've done for the first one. So I think they're going to get a, a really quality film. Um, but yeah, I just, it's a movie I watched a lot sort of through my, I guess, childhood, teenage years and would happily sit down and watch it any day of the week and talk to anyone about it. And look, I, I'm i always thinking about who, who who's, who's going to be the, the right wing man. You know? That's right. So. Great, great choice. Look, I mean, Tom, Tom Cruise for me is one of those actors, people either love him or hate him. I love him. I find all of his movies to be always entertaining, even the worst of the movies he's done. And Top Gun is just one of those where there's simply no one else in the world who could surely have played that part. You just imagine well, I, imagine someone else in that role. It just doesn't work. I, I agree. And I think it's it's so funny um, how so many people just sort of instantly kind of hate student actors for, you know, oh, oh, Tom Cruise. Oh, God, I hate Tom Cruise. I, yep. I just don't feel that way about him. Like, he, he's great. He's great in Mission Impossible. He definitely shouldn't have been Jack Ryan, but, like, he's still great. Um, is it Jack Ryan? Jack Reacher, sorry. Yeah, Jack Reacher. Reacher. Yeah, yeah. Jack Reacher, sorry. So many Jacks. Yeah. Um, I think he's good as Jack Reacher, but that's another conversation. I, I, are you a Jack Reacher um, book fan? 
Uh, no, my wife is. Uh, we watch the movies uh, together. Um, I've always been convinced by maybe it's the books that. Uh, yeah, I think it is one. Of, it's, I think it's more the way that he's described in the books. The movies themselves, I think, are fine if you've if you've got no um, no book context. But now, Top Gun, right up there for me. Nice, great choice, and I feel like. With the sequel coming out, I may need to revisit the original just to really, you know, set the scene and get myself in the mood. Definitely. Um, good choice. All right. What's next on your list, Paul? Well, I'm staying in the 80s with you, with Top Gun, and I'm going to 1983 to The Return of the Jedi. So this this is uh, a movie for me that, um, you know, there's, there's nine or there's 11 Star Wars movies out there that, you know, I could have chosen. Star Wars had to feature in there as a movie to get to know me. I think it would be wrong if it wasn't for me. Um, but Return of the Jedi is a, is a special one for me. I remember being terrified of the Empire Strikes Back as a kid. You know, the, the cave scene, the Vader and Luke at Cloud City in the dark, the Carbonite. I mean, I already loved Star Wars from having watched A New Hope. But when Return of the Jedi came out in 1983, this was a movie that for me just... I, it's when I discovered the action figures as well, and I became right, right. absolutely obsessed uh, with collecting the the action figures. And my my daughter, who's six years old, will still play with some of those original figures that I still have even today. Um, I remember being obsessed with all of the scenes in the movie, just like you know, Jabba's scene, the Endor scenes. It was a really you know, looking back on it, some of the criticisms that people level at that movie now. Uh, perhaps that it was too too kid friendly, um, you know the Ewoks and so on. But I absolutely loved it so much about this movie. I feel like it's taught me life lessons, which feels like it might be a little bit deep. But the return of the Jedi, in terms of Anakin himself returning as a Jedi from from, from bad to good, absolutely fascinated me as a kid. Um, I find it even more fascinating now because my son, who's ten years old, his favorite movie is Revenge of the Sith. And his reason for that is because he's obsessed and fascinated by the, the change of Anakin to Vader. So um, mm. what's up with that? I don't know. But um, like this is a movie. It will always hold a special place in my heart. I, I also loved, in terms of life lessons, I loved how Lando um, you know, showed his true colors um, after what happened in Empire Strikes Back. That seemed so important to me. You know, classic action, amazing characters, um, and just a, a really good story of, Good versus evil with the emperor as well really really encapsulated my what really got me i guess what i'm saying here is in a long-winded way what really got me into star wars was actually return of the jello that really cemented it so, yeah look i so um so the star wars is um is on my list as well um and i think the it's funny because I, I really struggled to choose between um Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. Um but similar to you, I ended up going with Return of the Jedi. Oh. Um and I think which was and so Empire Strikes Back for me, I it was the first film I remember watching on VHS over and over and over again. I consider it like the if a kid watches, I don't know, Shrek or something. Empire Strikes Back was my on-repeat movie, playing it all the time. But I do remember as a kid, like, lots of those scenes are, are, are quite quite adult. They're quite long. Um, 
Whereas Return of the Jedi was a movie that I remember my dad taking me to it. There's so many just great scenes to get excited about as a kid. I'm with you. I, I, it's what, it's what really got me into the toys. I loved being, um, you know, Luke Skywalker in his like full black Jedi outfit is, is one of my favorite Lukes. And I remember as a kid thinking, I remember lying in bed and thinking to myself, when I'm, when I'm an adult, I'm going to dress like Luke Skywalker. I'm going to wear full black. I'm going to have like black riding boots and I'm going to, I'm going to be a real badass. And there's just, uh, it's such a great movie. So so much of that has come true. Oh, that, that's right. Um, and, you know, I know that, you know, Ewoks and stuff get a lot of hate. But as a kid, those Ewoks were incredible. They were taking down the Empire. I remember having um, Ewok games, like Star Wars bed sheets with, like, Ewoks yes. on them. Yes. It was just – it was such a great time. And I think it's just a, you know, a, a, a Star Wars movie, which I think really did, um, I think, shape a lot of my childhood. And I remember, like, me and my cousins having lots of the, the different action figures from Jabba's Palace. Mm. Um and as, as you say, so cool seeing uh, Lando dressed up as um, as Han. one of the Jabba's palace guards. So great! Oh, I thought you were say dressed up as Han wearing when he was wearing Han's clothes. Oh the, yeah, yeah. Was... <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. So much of what no. you just said is true for me too. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I just recalled this the storybook the that was based on the film. I just remember reading that this book, which I still have right now, just pages and pages over and over and never ever tiring of, of, of reading it the the stickers i'm not sure if it was panini or merlin or whatever the sticker books just yeah so this is interesting um because this wasn't the movie that i thought we'd agree on there's a, there's another one in my list so we've crossed over we've crossed over once you yeah, know look it's a it's a it's a it's a solid choice i think um and i think for star wars fans or you know of, I guess our generation, that is the one that really sticks out, I think, for for lots of us. Um, but yeah, no, great choice, great choice. So yeah, so same same one for me. Um, so we're, we're actually back to you again, Paul. Okay, all right, what's, so back to me. What's next so on your list? Well, I'm going to go into the one that I thought would be the, the one that we might both have on the list. So let's see if we double up again. Uh, this is a movie from the 90s, 1994, Pulp Fiction. So... So is that on your list, or is it not? No, it's no? not. Okay. But it almost—it was so close to making it. I thought it might have just because I know you mentioned it uh, the last podcast when we were we were talking about movies from the nineties. Um, and look, I, there's so much about this movie that just, again, yeah, you know, I've sort of touched on a few movies that define me in the sort of childhood childhood moments. Um, this was a teenage movie for me where I just really was just—I'd never seen anything like Tarantino's movies before and um i guess this represents you know the entirety of the, the tarantino range but it, for me is one of those the, the quintessential moments uh i don't even know where to start I, I feel like there's so much i can say about all the other movies this one i can't find the words just to describe the i love writer directors i've talked about this before and i think there's something so strong about a writer director because no one else can know what they how they want their written story to look as much as they do. So if they get it right, they they really do. The story of Pulp Fiction, how it all fits together, um, the characters, the just the dialogue. I mean, Samuel L. Jackson, just absolutely, you know, amazing performance. Um, John Travolta, career revived. Um, the soundtrack, again, stunning. 
Um, so much <laughs> of this movie I, I, was was shocking. Oh, definitely. I like that. This was so close to making my list, and I remember when the when the movie first came out, and I I might not have even been old enough to rent it. I remember having to convince my mum to go in and rent it out for me, um, like yeah. one one Friday night. But as you say, it's such a another great timeless movie. Um, just with so many strong components, as you say, from the from the acting to the script to the soundtrack, and I think it all just comes together as as such an amazing package. And I think a type of storytelling which we hadn't really experienced before. Correct. And I think, um, like you were saying, some real dark stuff in there, which again, I don't think we'd really seen or anywhere else before. No, I, I certainly hadn't. And, you know, Tarantino, you know, he's super talented, but he's also super crazy. And I do keep worrying that one day some crazy story is going to come out about him. It's just going to tarnish all of his work, just like, you know, other actors have, have done. I, I feel mm-hmm. like he's got a really great, you know, to come out with such stories, you've got to have a little bit of crazy in you. But no, superb. And, um, you know, it's one of those movies, just like I talked about with with James Bond, uh, and I'll talk about someone else later. Whenever they come up on the screen, I know, based on the, their name alone, I'm just going to go and watch it. So yeah, that's that's my that's my choice. That's a th- top choice, top choice. What are you going? All right. Um, so I'm actually going to talk about a movie um, which you actually referenced a little bit earlier. Um, so so Jaws is on my list. So um, another Steven Spielberg movie. And so the reason Jaws is on my list is it pretty much ruined my entire life of swimming at the beach. (laughs) Um, And so it's a movie like, you know, which, as you say, it's like it it looks pretty terrible when you watch it now. But still, I I said that about Jewel, Jewel. Oh, Jewel, did you say? Yeah, not Jaws. Yeah, Jewel. Jewel was the Steven Spielberg movie with the truck that was chasing the car. What the hell is Jewel? Oh, don't watch it now. It's terrible. But the Jewel is a better movie where you're following this guy in his car and in, in the rear view mirror, he's got a, a guy in I, a truck. I honestly, thought, just... I honestly thought you said Jaws. Oh, no, that would, that, Jaws. that would be so offensive given that it's in your list. So, so, um, why, uh, so I, I still think so. It still stands true in the sense that if you watch it now, you're clearly looking at a, a sort of giant um, robotic shark coming out of the water. But I think what they do with um, just the the fear of the unknown, the camera angles, the soundtrack, um, it's honestly it's so haunting. And even as a as a kid, after watching Jaws, even swimming in a swimming pool, if it was after dark and I couldn't see in the water. 100% convinced a shark was going to get me. Yeah. Even now as an adult, whenever I go into the ocean, I am always on high alert for sharks. And I think if I'd never seen that movie, it would have been different. You know, I, I don't think I would have had this fear. And I, I think a, a lot of people, you know, I think a lot of shark hate um, has sort of talked about sort of stemming from, from Jaws. And for me, it's not about hating sharks. It's just about the, I feel like you're, the fear and the you're you're just a you're you're nothing in the water. You've got you've got no control. So it's it's a movie for me which I think has just stuck with me and I don't get in the water ever without thinking about that movie. Amazing. Look, I, I love that movie. I'm so glad I we clarified the whole Jaws thing because when you said that I'd referenced it, I thought I don't remember talking about Jaws. Um we watched Jaws recently ish 
and we enjoyed it so much that we 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 went looking for Jaws two and Jaws three just because we wanted to oh. carry on, um, even though those movies seemed to go downhill. Um, particularly by the time we got to the third, um, we just really really enjoyed it so much. Um, I, yeah, great choice. Did it? So you don't think it, it, it dated too badly? Have you watched it recently? No, I, I think some of the scenes were drawn out longer than you would get away with now like we've talked about this before with a new hope that there's no way you'd get away with the the speed and the pace at which some of the movie when it's not the when it's not about the shark some of it's quite slow paced i don't think you get away with that these days that's mm-hmm. but i really enjoy that um about those older movies yeah the the special effects you know in that first movie weren't, weren't that hot but um it's this absolutely um quintessential spielberg and you know the, the soundtrack um amazing great choice cool all right so uh what's next on your list paul um mine is staying in the 80s um but a little later um it's a 1989 um batman the michael keaton jack nicholson movie um now look i should probably start by saying that the again not top 10 movies because the dark knight trilogy is 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 possibly the greatest trilogy of all time for me. It's right up there with the original Star Wars trilogy. It's right up there with the first and the Furious movies. It's one of the strongest, you know, group of movies. Um, but but Batman, 1989's Batman, was a movie that I feel I watched so many times and never tired of. I thought, and again, we've talked about Joker and the great Jokers over the years, but Michael Keaton, particularly as Bruce Wayne, I found to be absolutely fantastic. I've Again, Michael Keaton's one of those actors who I watch anything he's in there just based on the strength of this movie. I love the soundtrack, the Danny Elfman soundtrack, the direction of Tim Burton. It made, you know, I already watched the, the Batman series from the 60s, not not in the 60s, like I just like to clarify, but you know, I watched it on the, on Saturday afternoon TV reruns. I'd watch the animated cartoon. And this was the first time that Batman had that dark edge and it's just... And I feel like it's aged really well too. Um, just absolute standout for its time. Great casting. Yeah, it's in there. It's a it's an awesome choice. Um, I think it's a it's a movie that I've I, yeah I agree with you. I've I've watched so many times, and I think you know when you when you pair that up with our uh, Batman Returns mm. as well oh, yeah. with um arts, yeah. and I agree with you. You can watch those movies now, and like they're still great. It's still a, a great yeah. version of, of Batman, and I think what a like Tim Burton, like what a person to bring into this universe with his his imagination um, and sort of storytelling. So, uh, look, it, that's an awesome choice, Paul. Really awesome. And those two those I, two movies together, I think you're right. Batman Returns. I think it's worth a mention. Those two movies together feel so you know so well placed together. We, I, I can't talk about. The, the other two movies that were made in that time with uh, with with Clooney and Kilmer, uh, mm. but these two Keaton movies were absolutely uh, sensational. Yeah, as, as soon as you get into nipples on bat suits, I think it all goes downhill. But that's, um, that's not good. Just... Yeah, those two movies are like so 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 great, and I think that was the first time, obviously, that we'd kind of apart from you know and from apart from comic books that we'd kind of seen a. a a Batman that was kind of for a whole new generation, yeah. um, and I, I think it kind of aw- awoken. Uh, and and they were the they were what I 
like they were the the you know we've got all these Marvel movies now, but you know the Burden movies were kind of the the in my mind the first movies to really bring superheroes to the big screen Agreed. for the mass audiences. Uh, I largely agree. I'm gonna gonna sort of step us back a a little bit with another movie a little later on, but yeah, largely agree with that entirely. Tim Burton was one of the first to bring us the superheroes to the screen in that respect. God, you're going to talk about Superman, aren't you? Um, <clears throat> Don't do that. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's of course fine. I wouldn't, of course I wouldn't fine. do that. Be great. So um, I guess in the same vein, so I actually had the, the Dark Knight trilogy um, on my list. Um, and I guess if I had to really be specific and, and choose a movie, um, I get really torn between um, Batman Begins and I guess the Dark Knight. Obviously, Dark Knight's got so many standout performances with um, Heath Ledger as the Joker. Mm. Um, but I think... I think if I really had to choose, I'd probably still stick with Batman Begins because I think it was the first time that we've seen a Batman origin story. Yes, um, that's right. And, I, like, again, Christian Bale, like, such a standout actor. Yep. Um, and just the, the, the journey that we went on from a, a young Bruce Wayne all the way to becoming uh, Batman, um, just uh, – just, so, so good and I think when you when you pair those three movies um, this is sort of the the first big shift in going from uh, I guess superhero movies for I guess um, young kid teenage audience to now we're actually making adult dark yeah. superhero movies that's the difference that's um, right. yeah yeah and so I think that whole trilogy again is as you said I think it's one of the the top trilogies out there and and look you know, while we're all living in this this lockdown universe, those three movies would be three great nights of entertainment. I feel so. like I genuinely feel like I'm going to have to do it now because just talking about it gets me so excited. The theme music from Hans Zimmer for those movies, sensational. Um, really, like I said at the start, I, I was torn between going Batman or Dark Knight trilogy. It was just mm-hmm. um, so. Yeah, I, I think they're, they're both great, great choices. And then you, know, then you throw in the mix, um, Liam Neeson. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> such a great, um, I guess, villain um, in, in the first film. So, yeah, that's right. Tom Hardy was fantastic as well. I think he's worth a mention. Oh, the, the Dark Knight Rises. Right? Tom Hardy, he, he's pure quality as well. He's he's up there like with Christian Bale for me when it comes to to good actors. If I had a dollar for every time I'd heard you recite the you know you think that the dark is your, your friend i was raised i think i could probably retire you I'm, not, I'm not gonna ask you to do it on air yeah yeah no, i'll probably mess up the words um but yeah no it's a again great saying i was gonna say a saying to you actually and though i quote um from the the batman movie about have you ever danced with the devil in the pale um, moonlight yep, that's right i was asked that of all my prey I just like the sound of it. Wait, wait. You asked us of all your prey? I I was asked that of all my prey. I just like the sound of it. Oh, right, right. Uh, There's some some creepy links to your Hannibal. um, Yeah, that was a direct quote from Jack Nicholson. It's not something I I say, but it is a great quote. Um, Look, I wasn't going to go with this straight away, but since we're on that theme and since you just called it out, uh, then the next one... Oh, sorry. Are you are you finished talking about the? Yeah, no. no let's let, let's move on. So, so yeah, I'll just keep it in the genre because it's here. 1980 Superman two. I just like Batman for me. This is a huge movie for me. This is 
my other big superhero. You know, I've, as you know, I haven't been quite so big on the Marvel movies. That's largely because I feel like Batman and, and Superman are my my go-to superheroes. It's the one that I think I probably did watch the most as a kid. So this is my VHS um, cassette moment. This is the one that I can sort of remember watching. Um, I was fascinated as a kid. This, I couldn't see how he wasn't flying for real. It just felt like you know, there was no special effects. It was just like he's definitely flying. Christopher Reeve, just so good in, as a wholesome Superman as a kid to watch that as a role model. Just, you know, like Luke Skywalker, just fantastic to watch a, a great role model. Terrence Stamp terrified me as General Zod. Um, I, I now watch any Terrence Stamp movie just based on his voice alone. I was obsessed with those three baddies. I can't remember the name of the other two. That's terrible. Um, but, you know, I was always like, what chance has Superman got? Three against one. Gene Hackman on their side as well as, as Lex Luthor. <laughs> They've Absolutely. got Gene Hackman. Oh, no. Yeah, it's Lex yeah. Luthor. What are you going to do? I just, um, look, I love the Man of Steel. Um, but I wanted to have a Superman movie represented in here because it's been part of my life for, for many, many years. And this is the one that... Um, really just fascinates me and i just loved all of those scenes at niagara falls um where clark and lois and she was standing to say no i know you're superman and he was doing everything to convince her that he wasn't and i always found him as clark kent to be to be really good value so um look this is a token nod to my childhood this movie um i love it and there's nothing you can do about it it's in the list right no, look, I, I think I was giving you a hard time before. I think I'm I'm with you. I remember watching those movies a lot as a as a kid and just being, you know, almost like yelling at the TV, like when Lois doesn't re- realize that Clark Kent is Superman. Spoiler. Yep. Um, but yeah, that look, they're really good. And I I can't quite remember the scene, but I remember always being pretty terrified about. Um, I think one of the, I might have been in Superman two. Or three, um, the woman who gets like kind of like wrapped up in all that machinery three. stuff. That's three. three. That's, that's Vera, and she's uh, she goes into the machine and comes out as that. Uh, look, Superman three could just to cut you off quickly could easily be represented on this list. I feel like I've done it enough times with movies that weren't as successful as others that I love Superman three with Richard Pryor, even though it's horrific. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, that scene is fantastic. Yeah, and I also remember um, watching these movies as a kid. Where um, I remember there was a there was a scene where a kid was going to be like run over by some farm um, like hay tractor type yep. thing. And yep. like, oh my yep. god, is Superman going to get there? He made it. He's yep. Superman. The Superman three but, as well. <laughs> you know, you Supermans. I can't. I, I, I can't fight this, it. This is why I had to be in there. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's good. That's good. Okay. okay. What's next? <clears throat> All right, next for me. Um, so this movie um, is, uh, I haven't got the dates on me because half measure. Um, I'm going to go with Goodfellas. So uh, a Martin Scorsese oh, film. Yes. And Maybe. Goodfellas is one of those films which, uh, like it's pretty long, um, but it's I, I just love this movie. From the first time I saw it to every time I've seen it since, amazing storytelling. Um, I've always been, as much as I'm intrigued with, you know, um, I guess war, I'm equally intrigued with the whole sort of mafia and gangsters and, and that whole sort of universe in itself. And I think it's, yeah. a, it's a, again, another movie which kind of um, 
just so much good storytelling, um, some really horrific um, action scenes in there. Um, and it's, I, I just, I, I can't rate it enough. If you haven't seen Goodfellas, it's, it's a movie that you probably need to watch. Um, yeah. And there's so many Scorsese films are, are great, uh, fantastic, but this is probably one of my favourites. Look, I I struggle to find a better movie than Goodfellas when it comes to Scorsese, when it comes to even De Niro. Um, look, when I looked at my list and I sort of analysed it very, very quickly, I suddenly thought, you know what, I really should have some sort of gangster movie in there, whether it's a Guy Ritchie type gangster or whether it's a Madden mm. Scorsese. Oh, and I, cool. and I just, and I didn't have, I didn't have space for it, and I wasn't prepared to compromise on anything, including Superman too. Um, and <laughs> so it didn't, you know. But this would have been really, really close, uh, either that or The Departed, um, in terms of those oh, sort of choice. movies. Choice. But yeah, good, good fellas. I mean, the opening scene of Leota with the boot, you know, as far back oh. as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Such a great opening, and Joe Pesci with the you think i'm funny i mean violent really horrific violent oh, like i've never su- seen super before dark, super dark yep yeah. I, I think what i enjoyed too about Fantastic it is choice. it's also the it's also kind of the you know the rise and fall of different characters as well and it, again just great storytelling yep fantastic cool um all right let's move along because we're we're already over an hour this is like a bonus podcast over, that's yeah over an hour it, it, yeah, this is a, a bit of a long episode for um, some of our, our dedicated fans, though. I'm sure. I, I'm I sure wonder how many people are still listening. Yeah, can they can they can they go longer than an hour with us? Let's see. Let's test them. <laughs> let's see. Let's see. All right. What's uh, what's next on your list, Paul? Uh, coming into modern day movies for me, uh, 2014. This is Interstellar. So this um, for me is probably the greatest movie of recent times and is probably as close as I get on my list as having a, a traditional top 10 movie uh, as it were um, it's it's just a science fiction extravaganza it's the purest sci-fi of any movie that I'm familiar with um, it's one of those movies that demands I buy a 4k television one day uh, just to really truly appreciate it we've talked about Christopher Nolan uh, with the Dark Knight um, in terms of his direction there any of Nolan's movies are always fantastic. This is no exception. Again, Hans Zimmer. Again, his music comes up as another movie that, that I love. So much rewatch. And it's the humanity in this movie. It's, we see the best and the worst of people. Um, Matt Damon's character on the planet. You know, he's 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 his self-isolation, much like what we're going through at the moment, brought out the worst in him in this movie. Um, and yeah, but look, something I want to touch on despite all of the great things that I could say about this movie, the thing that resonates with me the most is as a father, when I watched the relationship between Cooper, um, Matthew McConaughey, who forever will be immortalized in this role for me, his relationship with his daughter Murph, watching those two together um, as father and daughter when she's a young daughter. And then as the story, spoiler alert, progresses, we see her suddenly grown up and he's watching her grown up millions of miles away via recorded video and the pain of how they parted and then seeing her at the end as, a, as an old woman and he's still the same age sort of how he sees her life just go from you know that's not natural for any father to see a, a daughter outlive i just find that so um it just always hits me how short life is and how every day you should you know cherish every moment and um i just 
you know, there's that famous scene where he's watching the recorded messages and you just see him crying and it's been used as hundreds of memes, you know, um, quite, quite superbly, I must add. Um, but it's just a moment where I just think, I don't know, it puts everything in perspective for me. I love this movie. Mm. Mm. It's a, it's another great choice. Um, another great director, you know, obviously we, as you're saying, we've already talked about the dark Knight, but Christopher Nolan's got, he's got some great movies. Um, that could easily, easily fit into this list. Yeah. Um, Dunkirk. It's another good yeah. one. Oh yeah. Mm. Cool. Okay. Um, <clears throat> look, the, the next movie for me, Paul, is I'm actually going to go down the, down the comedy path. Um, oh, here and we go. that movie, that movie is Step Brothers. So, um, Step Brothers is, is one of those movies that I imagine a lot of people are like, "This is this is trash," but for me, oh, it's one of those movies where every single line is pure comedy genius for me. Um, I when I watch the movie, I'm I can basically like. I almost kind of the dialogue just kind of clicks into place for me, and I'm kind of like mouthing along the jokes. I'm I'm laughing before they even happen. Um, you know, I can't I can't see bunk beds without thinking that's more room for activities. Um, it's just one of my absolute favorite comedies, and I just think the the it's, it's just gold. Just seeing um, like adult characters um, who are still living with their parents and just being. Like you know, super bratty. Um, I, I I just can't rate it high enough. I even talking about it now makes me want to watch it. And it's a movie <laughs> which it's just it's just it's just funny. Um, and I enjoy watching it with other people who really enjoy it. Um, I I don't know what it is about it, but it just everyone, works for everyone me. has a comedy. I think everyone has their comedy and it's their work. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which again is probably something missing from my list because I enjoy a good laugh as much as anyone, and I haven't got a comedy in it. But Are I've you seen. Fan I, was, at all? I was just going to say I've seen this movie once, and I remember enjoying it. Um, I, I feel like this is true with me with many comedies, unless it's one that I own or it particularly resonates. Like the closest for me to this list would have been Beverly Hills Cop, for example. That would right, be my closest right. comedy to, to make this list. Um, the original, not. Not, not the third. That's for sure. Um, although I am excited, I am excited to hear that he's making a fourth. I, I, I I'm excited about it. Um, but unless, it, unless it is Beverly Hills Cop, it's the sort of thing with comedies is I typically will watch them once and then I might not ever go back ever again. Um, I, I'm different with TV shows like The Office we've talked about before, but um, TV uh, movie comedies I typically will watch them once and I, I don't often go back. It, it is funny because I think you know, movies like this, often, like they often are a one-time, a one-time wonder. You might get a couple of laughs, and I just don't know what it is about this movie, but I can just watch it time and time again, and it gets funnier yeah. and funnier with each watch. And I, and you know, I'm looking on Rotten Tomatoes right now. Um, it's got 55%. <laughs> IMDb's given it 6.9. Um, something called Common Sense Media's given it two out of five. I'm giving this movie a hundred percent. Like it's just, it's so up there for me. Okay, you've convinced me. I need to rewatch this movie. Where can I find it now? Where, where, what's my platform now? Oh, I, it, it pops up on Netflix every now and again. I don't think it's okay. on there at the moment. Um, okay. You'll probably have to go something obscure. But yeah, I'm not sure where it is at the moment. Okay. I personally own it um, on many different formats because 
it's important to always have it on hand. If you're that's, feeling down, that's right. if you need a you need a laugh and a chortle, Step Brothers. That's okay. the one. Okay. That's the one. Well, you were very kind to me with your comments on Sidman too. So I'll let you I'll let you have your your Step Brothers. That's a that's a, that's a you know everyone's got their comedy. So so well done. Now, what have I got here? The next one for me. Uh, okay, so I'm bringing it uh, again, modern day. Uh, 2012. Um, now, I seem to have a habit of going to movies that aren't the most popular of their series or their genre. So just like Hannibal wasn't as popular as Science of the Lambs, just like Return of the Jedi wasn't as popular. Um, Star Trek V, you know, again, this is another <laughs> one for me. I, I, this is something I've learned about myself is that I seem to always rate the underdog, but this is Prometheus from 2012. So this is a movie that will divide people again. I absolutely love the Alien series. I was so obsessed with the Alien series coming back, just like when Hannibal came back. Um, I just could not wait to get to the cinema to see this movie. And, you know, we've talked about Christopher Nolan. We've talked about, well, I've talked about Hans Zimmer. Um, this is um, another one of those people. This is Ridley Scott. So Ridley Scott directing Hannibal, Ridley Scott directing Prometheus. Mm. It's there's something about his movies that resonate with me. They look so crisp and so vivid. Um, this movie ticks every box for me in terms of a sci-fi movie. So I've talked about Interstellar being the purest sci-fi. This is that kind of sci-fi with a bit of terror, with a bit of fear, that whole, you know, the alien side of it. Um, there's, there's something that makes it really, really, you know, Alien, Alien would probably be top ten. Alien, the first one, I just absolutely love. But Prometheus is the one that I always want to watch the most. I'll talk about the most, and I'll always choose to stick the Blu-ray in if I get a night to myself type thing. It's just I just find it beautiful to watch. I find it amazing. What do you think? I think it's a look. It's a it's a great choice. I um linked to that. I I nearly had Alien, the first movie, on my list because again it was a a movie in my childhood which really stuck with me. Um, just the, the terrifying notion of, uh, of an alien bursting out of your stomach is horrific. And I remember watching um, uh, I remember watching Prometheus the first time and actually kind of getting to the end of the movie and being like, what just happened in that? And, and it was actually a movie I actually had to watch it like again to be like, oh shit, this is this is crazy. And I think the whole the whole notion of um, resetting a planet is so fascinating. Yeah. given the the yeah, current yeah. climate of the world um and it's it's actually a movie i i probably need to rewatch it's been a few years since i've seen it but it's a it's a great choice yeah oh i could watch it any night of the week oh, just just superb great 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 okay so um the next movie for me is a it's actually another another trilogy um and i want to go with the lord of the rings trilogy oh yes and if I'm if I'm going to sort of narrow it down to a movie, I, I'm going to go straight to the straight to the start. I'm going to go for the Fellowship of the Ring. Great. Um, it's uh, it, again just a, a amazing 
story and I couldn't even imagine how they would have done um, all three books in one movie when they first talked about it and then alone too and I'm just so glad that they they did these individual movies um, my favorite version of these movies to watch is the extended cut I think there's so much more um, it's just these little additions to some of the the key scenes which really kind of bring it together as a total package I love seeing um, the, the story kind of start. I love the um, the little battle scenes that are, are in the first movie, and even at the at the end of the first movie, where the orcs are kind of surrounding the the fellowship, yep. and and they're kind of having to sort of like break off and go in different directions. Amazing, amazing scenes, and it's a it's another trilogy of movies which will be great to watch over the next month because. It, it's it's such a, a nicely packaged story from from start to finish. Um, highly enjoyable, great special effects, um, largely kind of un largely unknown actors at the time. That's, that's, that's right. not quite true, but a, a lot of a lot of unknown actors like yeah. when I think no, about right. like Aragon, um, not obviously like Christopher Lee and Sean Bean, um, Sean Bean and Co. But look, just I I just love that whole series and. Um, almost kind of embarrassed to admit this but I, I'd never like I, I'd obviously heard of Lord of the Rings before that and I'd never read the book but now now having seen the movies it, it got me interested in reading the books I'm yep. a huge Lord of the Rings fan love the whole universe um, yeah not quite recommended uh, and I I've, I didn't know much about these movies I knew the books existed but I'd never read them um, and I loved the the three the three movies obviously the New Zealand link was was you know really really fantastic the Hobbit that trilogy as well also really enjoyed that not as much as the Lord of the Rings if I'm honest but I you know really really rate really, really that trilogy as well the soundtrack the the theme music just absolutely mm. fantastic and yeah look those extended cuts that's the only way to watch it I haven't got any time for these people watching theatrical cuts get out watch the watch the proper extended cuts that's the only way to watch this entire movie series. Me and my fiance have um, intense arguments about whether we're going to watch the normal or um, extended <laughs> cut. And she's always like, the extended cut's a waste of time. And I'm like, fuck, let's just break up now. Like, this is ridiculous. Like, it's, it's the only way to go. It's the way they should be watched. Let's and, hope she doesn't um, listen to this podcast. Well, this will be a test to see whether she can actually, you know, go the, the hour and a half for this yeah. episode. Well, that, that's, that's how we're going to test it, to see whether you get a slap yeah, across the right. face for doing that that's incredible right. voice yeah. impression of your fiancé. Well done. Yeah. Brave man. Good stuff. <laughs> I like it. Um, we're down to our last movies, aren't we? So We um, are. We are at the very end of the list. So my final movie, and it comes as no surprise to you, is uh, Fast and the... F no. My final movie is from 1995, and it is Apollo 13. So... Um, this is perhaps an odd choice, but for me, this movie's in here because it epitomizes my belief in humanity, my love of space exploration, and it represents that facet of me that is obsessed with these types of movies. So movies like um, Moon, like First Man, the Ryan Gosling movie recently, just the realism of that, the terror, not terror, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? The adrenaline, the fear, you know, are we going to make it? Um, it's the kind of movie that back in the day when I used to come home from a pub or even, dare I say, a nightclub. So, yeah, I'm going back to the 90s, obviously. Um, I would always want to put that video cassette into the VHS machine and just watch it until I passed out. I just um, 
it's it's oddly my feel-good movie so if i want to have a feel-good movie it's it's a weird choice but it's something about um you know especially given that they didn't make it to the moon but there's something that's um about the teamwork about the hard work the blind faith um that they make it back to earth um again really powerful music i've noticed that a lot of my movies some of them at least have a really high sort of like music impact in terms of this so mm. james horner with the score here gets a special mention um and it's my favorite tom hanks movie and i love tom hanks as well as another actor that divides many people we've talked about him with um seven Private rhyme um it really made me pay attention to ron howard as well as a director and oh, ever since then i've watched out for his movies so, i was yeah. gonna say like ron howard is such an incredible director obviously yeah. a director of um solo as well uh, a small indie film a great movie so yeah my mm. final entry there is apollo 13 and i want to watch that now as well i've got a lot of things i want to watch straight away having talked about them this will probably enrage you but i have never seen apollo 13 Thanks for listening to this uh, episode of Half Measures, everyone. <laughs> and we'll be back in two weeks. You've never... Well, I've never seen it. I've never seen it. We'll talk I, about this online. I can't even... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. You're in for a treat. So, <clears throat> I'll put it on my list with um, Star oh, Trek, yes. Discovery, and... Yeah. The Capture and Criminal and the all these capture. other things. Oh, yeah. I've seen Criminal UK. So the the final movie on my list is a movie which, um, again, quite quite mixed. Some people enjoy it. Some people think it's really boring. I absolutely love it, and that is the movie Drive. So Drive, starring uh, Ryan Gosling, uh, directed by um, uh, Nicholas uh, Winding, and it's one of those kind of like slow um slow deliberate movies that's um slowly builds up and it gets like kind of darker and more intense and it's just a movie that the very first time i saw it in theaters it just it just captured me and um much like how i was saying before i've got um stepbrothers on demand to watch at any time when i need to be cheered up um i've got drive equally on demand on many platforms because it's got an absolutely awesome soundtrack like um ryan gosling is such a badass in that film great jacket he wears in this movie as well the scorpion jacket absolutely incredible um and he's just the he's the silent angry character and it's just so moody there's just something about those sort of dark, moody films that really capture me. And Drive, for me, is, I think, one of my all-time favourite movies. This is one if movie you... I knew would be on your list. This is the one thing that I could pick that I knew would be on your list. So mm-hmm. I like how you've left it to last. Uh, it's a, you know, whenever I find out someone hasn't seen it, I'm always like, should we watch it? Should we watch it? That's how I'm um, feeling about Apollo 13 right now. Yeah, yeah. Look, you know what, you know, Paul, I'll make a, a commitment to you to watch it before our next episode of, wow. of Half Measures. I thought you were going to say before this lockdown ends. I thought, well, that could be a couple <laughs> of years for all we know. <laughs> no, so it's, um, look, it's just a, an all-time favourite. And I only have to listen to the soundtrack and it kind of gets me pumped up for that movie again. Yep. So I've, I've watched it once. I did enjoy it. So, um, yeah, I think I could easily re-watch it. I remember... Um, Brian Gosling really impressing me in this movie. So, um, hey, good choice. 
And actually, um, the the director uh, Nicholas Wonder, he's he's kind of got a a few similar films in that in that genre, um, and they all kind of have a, a similar drive vibe. But um, Drive is definitely my my favourite. So Good I'm kind choice. of conscious that <clears throat> I'm kind of conscious that this is a, a super long episode for a few people. Yeah, who, I'm, who I'm have made it this far. I'm wondering if we'll have to test people. Yeah, we're definitely gonna have to. We're gonna ask them what our what our favorite movies are, mm. and if they don't, if, or maybe what our number ones were. That's right. In this case, this will this will be the true test. Well, that's been awesome, Paul. So if I watched all ten of those movies, I'd, I'd really get to know you. I'd know who you are as a person. Yeah, that's a real worry. There's a bit of psycho in there. There's a lot of superhero, yeah. and um, yeah, your lists equally. There's some darkness in there as well, but you've you've balanced that out nicely with some some good comedy, some good adventure, I, I like and some bring, good heroism. I like to bring balance to the force in these in these dark times. I do too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's been a an awesome chat with you, Paul. Um, I think yeah, let's let's try and give the listeners a maybe another episode next week. Let's go for it. Cool. So, um, if people want to get in touch, Paul, where would they where would they find us? They can either find us on Twitter at Half Measures Pod or on Instagram at Half Measures Podcast. We also have a page on Facebook, Pinterest, Tumblr. They're all out there. I don't know. The social media manager. He, he's re- he's really Get gone. Pinning. He's really gone to town. Our social media manager. Um, and I, yeah. I presume well, he, he's putting it on MySpace and Bebo as well. Ah, <laughs> oh, good, 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 good. Well, um, yeah. If you if there's a topic that you'd like us to talk about, if you've got any um, thoughts or um, anything, like, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to answer your answer your questions. Get in touch. Um, but yeah, I guess until next time. Take care, everyone, and stay safe. Thanks for listening. See ya.